Welcome to the CodeCast Podcast. Real-world insights for your daily medical coding and billing processes. And now, here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 256th episode of the CodeCast Podcast. My name is Terry Fletcher. So today, I'm actually going to talk about something that Uh, I was chatting with Sean Weiss, who is the compliance guy. And for those of you that have been listening to my CodeCast podcast, you may have picked up a couple of episodes with Sean and I over on that podcast. But we were talking about the Business of Medicine medical acronyms. And I came up with a list of almost 40 of them. And then Sean added a few of his own. But in this climate of texting and, you know, quick results and everything from ordering medical tests quick and point of service tests and, you know, a speaker who uses a lot of acronyms and an educator, you're kind of expected to know a lot of information. And do you really have a reference tool you can use without having your laptop or your computer in front of you and typing into Dr. Google, trying to figure out what somebody's trying to say. And it's interesting because I hear people using acronyms all the time. And I'm just like, what? Just spell it out. What are you trying to tell me? So I'm going to basically spell it out for you. You will also find this on my website under my articles and blog at terryfletcher.net. So make sure you keep that in mind. So let's take a look at just some of the ones that are kind of in the industry right now that are that are used or should say overused and used. Um, And when they're used a lot in excess, then you definitely want to know what people are talking about. So AAP, Advanced Accelerated Payments. Now what this is, this is for Medicare. This is where I was screaming and yelling at the very beginning of the pandemic where we had all the different options for provider relief funding, which is another one, PRF. But they gave us the dump in of the HHS uh, funding. They gave us PPP loans, EIDL loans, and all these were basically Um, besides the HHS dump in, they were uh, from the Small Business Association, so SBA loans that are being forgiven as long as you, you know, reported what you spent it on related to COVID losses. Well, the AAP was different. And again, advanced and accelerated payments. Those were based on potential income from Medicare based on three months of what you were getting paid from Medicare um, in the fall of 2019. So, They told you it was a loan, it is a loan. They delayed the repayment for a while, but some of you that actually applied for it, and I again discouraged that, um, they're taking it out of your Medicare and offsetting your checks right now. So if you did it, you need to know what an AAP, AAP is. The ACO, Accountable Care Organization, Now, this is something that you want to know because Medicare is trying to or has said that uh, all classic Medicare or straight Medicare patients um, by the year 2030 will be part of an accountable care organization. And what that is, is it's a volunteer group of providers that are multi-specialty, including diagnostic imaging and service companies and things like that, lab corps, things like that. And they basically all are accountable for the patient. And so they share information so that the patient's not basically reiterating what they're having done or there's no, there's a less likely case of uh, duplication in their services. It's a really good idea. It's just sometimes the patients can't get what they want um, because they're part of this ACO and they would have to really kind of almost beg and please to plead to go outside of the ACO, but it will definitely save a lot of money for Medicare. So know what an ACO is. Now, some of you who do collection and appeals, ADR, that's an additional documentation request. If you see that acronym, 
on any correspondence from Medicare or or a government entity, Medicaid, or even a commercial insurance, now they're using that same acronym. It means that they need more information to process your claim. So ADR is Additional Documentation Request. You will also see that on any CERT audits, which is Comprehensive Error Rate Testing Audit, or if you do any kind of the um, What's the one I'm thinking of right now? The TPE audits, Target Probe Educate. See, just in five seconds, I was able to give you even more of your acronyms. So let's keep going. So now we want to look at, since I'm still in the alphabet and I'm at A, we want to look at AKS, which is Anti-Kickback Statute. Uh, APP, I know that one is, you're thinking, well, that's app, right? Yes, that's an application. And we talk about this a lot of times with cash payment applications that payment patients are now wanting to use, like Venmo, Trell, PayPal, etc. Uh, CAA, that's the Consolidations Appropriations Act of 2022. You need to know what CAA is, especially if you Google anything, because that is the act that incorporated that from Congress, the 151 days post-PHE telehealth. So make sure you're looking at that. I know there's a couple of bills out there. It seemed like everybody was wanting to get into the act congressionally to try and get um, telehealth expanded without any oversight. And we just got an OIG, there's my next one, uh, Office of Inspector General um, notation and report on the downfalls and some of the risks of for telehealth. But one of the specific um, I think it was Liz Cheney, she was trying to get uh, a bill through that was way too expanded, but she lost her primary. So um, it looks like it's stuck in the House. It did pass the House, but it's not going to the Senate right now. And I had somebody say, oh, well, she got it extended for two years. No, she got it half extended. But when you lose your, your place, then they tend to pull back a little bit. So let's keep going. So some of the next ones you're going to hear, you may find to be a little bit uh, simple, but I don't want you to ever wonder what they are. So CF is conversion factor. So that's the multiplier we use in the Medicare uh, fee schedule. CY, calendar year. I know, simple. CMS, obviously we know, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid. DOJ is the Department of Justice. EOB versus EOMB. Anybody know what that is? Okay, I see raise of hands in my head. EOB explanation of benefits. That is the generic statement that patients get and you also get explaining the payment and the reimbursement. EOMB is explanation of Medicare be uh, benefits. So make sure you know the difference there. Um, I know Sean likes to say the word or the acronym as a word. These aren't words. FCA, uh, that's the False Claim Act, and then W, or I'm sorry, FWA, Fraud, Waste, and Abuse. Now, one, there's two companies, or I should say there's two organizations that basically are the congressional ear earpieces, I should say. GAO, which is they provide fact-based and they're supposed to be nonpartisan information to Congress, often called the Cong Congressional Watchdog. So why are you doing that? And a lot of times it's about the uh, health HHS stuff. And then MedPAC, and that is Medicare Payment Advisory Commission. And they basically say, okay, based on these statistics, this is why we're saying, for example, doctors should or should not get a raise at the next go around for the next year. And so those are two organizations you really want to be familiar with. Uh, HHS, I mentioned them, Health and Human Services, that is the government entity for basically health care. And does Medicare and HHS work together? They do. Are they the same thing? No. HHS and Medicare, they consider kind of branches off each other. 
Um, if you are part of, now this is a three-parter, if you've been dealing with the No Surprises Act for balance billing on patients, then you're going to see something called an IDR, which is an Independent Dispute Resolution, an NSA, No Surprise Act, and then if you end up getting so lucky as having to go through an independent dispute resolution, you'll see something called QPA, which is a qualifying payment amount, which is what is negotiated with the arbiter on between the physician, the payer, uh, and to figure out what you should get paid. So you're going to need to know what, what those acronyms are as well. So I'm going to kind of move on a little bit just to give you a couple of things. Know the difference between an LCD and an NCD. A lot of people like to call uh, LCDs and NCDs local coverage decisions. They're not. They're determinations. There's a difference. So local coverage determination, that means it's based on information and patient population. National coverage determination, same thing. The overall determination based on the information they have. A decision would mean law. So when you do see a national coverage determination, this is what an administrative law judge would look at if there's a dispute on something where was it covered, did you follow Medicare policy? So you want to know, definitely know those two acronyms. Um, the next I'm going to look at is EPHI, um, that is Electronic Protected Health Information. Everybody always wants to say patient health information. It's not. It's protected health information. And then QHP, Qualified Healthcare Professional, not provider. And then the PRF, I've mentioned that before, Provider Relief Funding. Um, the Now these are things you're going to see on your uh, EOBs. So RARC, Remittance Advice Remark Codes. Um, you also may see something that says CERT, Comprehensive Error Rate, or CARC, Claims Adjusted Reason Code, so make sure you pay attention to those. Uh, SMRC, what kind of audit is that? Supplemental Medicare Medical Review Contractor. That basically means that they've been analyzing you and there was something, a blip on their radar where they're now they're, they're wanting more information, which takes us back to the ADR, additional information request, and or additional documentation request, I should say. And then the TPE, Target Probe Educate. Now, ZPIC, UPIC, that basically is an integrity contractor audit, meaning they're finding fraud. So take a look at a lot of these um, acronyms. I have, I think, about 40. It'll be on my website at terryfletcher.net. Also, just to remind you, we have some webinars coming up. I have a free webinar through the NSCHBC coming up on the 21st of September. Please go to nschbc.org, click on the educational offerings, and you'll see the monthly free webinars. And you, when you register for that, um, if you want to, it's the Cures Act, so the information blocking that's been updated. I'm going to give you some of the things that have been happening if you don't give records to patients. Um, but make sure you put member uh, you are a member um, client so that you can get in that for free. Also, I have the third quarter Medicare update, same company on the 28th, and that is a paid webinar. So you, you that was something you need to pay for. Um, I also have my cardiology uh, one day virtual uh, webinar, and that's going to be on the 14th of September. So tomorrow, and then also um, we've got the first annual behavioral and mental health virtual summit, the 20th and 21st of October. And again, go to the nschbc.org. I love that organization. It's it's made up of certified healthcare business consultants, and it ju they just are are really helpful if you're a consultant um, for information that you need. So just a couple of things to. Keep
keep a lookout for. For those of you that need the updated 2023 rules, I have two options for you. Live is September 29th with McVeigh Seminars. And it is also on demand on my website at terryfletcher.net. So you have an option. I am charging for that because it was a lot of work to put together the uh, PPTs on that. So um, those are not free webinars, but we want to make sure that you uh, have them. So my coding question today actually comes from something that I participated in and was also um, got a post email and coding Intel. It's from a, a colleague that I trust and I really enjoy listening to a lot of her information and that is Betsy Nicoletti. And she had got a question from a webinar that I actually get every once in a while, especially on the 2021 rules. Because the, the rules for ENM came out and said it just has to be a medically appropriate exam, do we have anything that says what that is specifically? So question came from that webinar, what exactly would be considered a medically appropriate exam? Well, her answer is pretty similar to mine, and I'm going to expand on that. Um, there's no CPT definition um, and, or anything that I can cite that says that. They are just clear through AMA that says we don't use that to level the code, but it does have to exist. And so in the 2021 and 2022 CPT book, it does say under each ENM code in the office visit section, officer or their outpatient codes, it says it has to include a medically appropriate history and or physical exam when performed, which I don't like that. But it says then the, the nature and extent of the history and or exam, they're determined by the treating physician or the QHP recording the service. So that definition isn't a required component of leveling, but it has to be there for medical necessity. So the same language I'm noticing is repeated in the guidelines for um, 2023 as well. So we can't make up an exam for you, but let's say the patient's coming in with shoulder pain, would I expect to see a shoulder exam? I would. Patients coming in for chest pain, would I expect to see a cardiovascular exam? I would. So you kind of get the drift there. Um, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to see from an auditing perspective, something that was not problem pertinent. So you have to really reflect from exam or and or history that how did you you get to what you ordered what you reviewed what your treatment plan is what the risk and assessment and management of that patient's going to be and the only way to do that is from taking a chief complaint or the status of a chronic condition or a, an acute condition and then working that patient up through a history and or an exam or both and trying to figure out then what the next step is. So it, even though it is a, a, you know on the physician to determine what that is, there's no standard for that, it's still important to keep in mind it's based on the presenting problem. And so that's to me that's a little more common sense that you would want to have an exam obviously that re reflects why you're going to see them and and what they were complaining of and when they came in so otherwise it, it doesn't make sense to move on with any kind of uh, treatment management or testing or anything because then you can't prove medical necessity and i think that's the best way i can describe that okay so my personal tidbit this week it is so hot out. I don't know about you guys, but in California, we've had a heat wave. We're getting all kinds of notifications saying, here, check here to see if your electric or is going to be shut down or what's happening. Um, our pool is finally finished. Yay. So now I actually have a pool to swim in in our backyard. So I'm pretty happy about that. They just finished with the water fill. 
Um, but just keep cool out there if you can. Make sure for your kids that are in sports, because I know we're going through a pretty massive heat wave everywhere in the country, make sure that you have washcloths that you put in water, put them in Ziploc bags and throw them in the freezer. And then when your kids go, you know, to practice their sports or you know, anything, just, you know, take those out and put them either in their, either in their lunchbox or hand them one and say, you know, get this on your neck. You just got to keep your kids not just hydrated, but also cool them down. And if you're somebody that doesn't have air conditioning, do the same. Try to just keep yourself as cool as you can. Try not to, you know, um, get overheated because we're, we're finding that there's a lot of problems with that. So um, I know that's probably more than a, a personal tidbit, but I worry about you guys if you're, if you're not clear on that. I've lived in California my entire life except for three months when I was born in Pennsylvania, but so I consider myself a native Californian and we've dealt with heat for a long time. So just making sure that, that you're up on that and, and that you're safe. All right, everyone, make it a great rest of your week. Make it a great day. And thank you for listening to the CodeCast podcast. For more information on medical coding, billing, auditing, and compliance, including how to hire Terry, follow Terry on Twitter at TerryCoder1 or visit her website at www.terryfletcher.net. Podcast producer Joe Kuzma, music producer Assassin Music.